Well, that was quite the perfect song for this, to prepare our hearts for this moment, or at least mine. Let us join together in prayer as we prepare our hearts to receive the message for today. Gracious and loving God, we praise you and we thank you for your amazing love for us. And God, we are so grateful that even as life changes, sometimes in ways that we can prepare for, but in most times um, in unexpected and um, undesired ways, Lord, that you have a plan and that you have a purpose. And Lord, that when we fix our eyes on you, no matter what is going on around us, Lord, that we can walk upon the waters um, because you will carry us through. And Lord, um, I pray now that you'll hide me behind your cross, that you will take the words on my page and the thoughts in my heart, and Lord, that your Holy Spirit will carry them into the hearts of all of us. Lord, that we will have rooted in our soul those things that need to take root and need to grow and need to expand and need to blossom. And Lord, that um, from today we can continue to serve you, we can continue to follow you, we can continue to share you with others, and most of all that we can continue to trust you and allow you to be the source of our life and the source of our love every day and in every way. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. So I am not going to lie, today is, is a tough day. I have known since the end of March that today was coming, but it is here and I am not ready. I do not want it to be here. Uh, that being said, although my feelings are not on board yet with today, my faith absolutely trusts that God's guidance uh, is, is as it should be to close this chapter and to begin a new one for me and for Gadsden First and for Trinity, where I'm headed in Huntsville. Uh, our family, I will say, was content to stay in Gadsden for as long as life would let us, um, to the end of our days, if possible. However, we, we see that God is opening doors and, and pushing us through them towards the Huntsville area, and we know that there's a reason for that. Um, we know that God has plans, as I said, for us, plans for Gadsden first, and plans for Trinity, and plans for the next person who will come here and take Gadsden First and children's ministry and the ministry team to the next level. Even still, I find myself asking, why this short chapter? Why this short chapter? I like to, I like to sink my roots in and, and live somewhere for a while. Why the short chapter? Um, and perhaps you've asked that question before. Maybe you had a job opportunity or a relationship or just some other good thing in your life that didn't last as long as you thought it would and definitely not as long as you wanted it to. I don't know how many avid readers are listening today, um, but I did a little research into why authors use short chapters in their novels. I mean, I kind of had a hunch just from reading myself, but, but I actually went and looked what, what novelists had to say. And, and this is their purpose for short chapters. Uh, they say that they use them to create a rapid pace and a sense of action as they are writing and as the, the reader is reading. Uh, they also use them to provide changes in mood, setting, and viewpoint. 
Uh, they use them to be a gift to readers, especially those younger readers who don't have the stamina for like a 70-page chapter in one sitting. Um, they use short chapters to provide a place for the reader to pause. And they also use them to cause you wanting more. Oh, it's just a few more pages. I can read one more chapter. I can read one more chapter. Now, if I take those words, action, change, a gift, a place to pause, causing you to want more, those don't sound like bad ways to describe what this short chapter could be. And I wouldn't mind claiming those for, for my end and your end of this short chapter at Gadsden First. In contemplating life's short chapters, I also decided to take a look at the scripture and to look at the Bible's shortest chapters. As pastors, if you kind of pay attention to where we preach from, a lot of times we gravitate towards the larger books of the Bible. Uh, of course, we preach from the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because they talk to us about the life of Jesus, and we like to spend a lot of time there, as we should. Um, but we also tend to pull our sermons um, from inspiration in other large books, like the Psalms, uh, Proverbs, Isaiah, Genesis, or, or Paul's longer letters like Romans or 1st and 2nd Corinthians. But as I looked over the list of uh, the shortest books of the Bible, um, I got to thinking about where would we be without these short books? Um, one of the shortest books, it's not the, like the tiniest, tiniest, but it, but it's, it, it made the list, um, was the letter of Paul to the Philippians. Where would we be without, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. I mean, that scripture has given strength and encouragement to so, so many. Um, the book of Ruth, which is just a, an amazing and beautiful story um, in and of itself, but, but also think about how many weddings I've attended where Ruth 1.16 was quoted, where you go, I will go, where you stay, I will stay, your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. I mean, what scripture would you have had read at your wedding if you hadn't had that one read, right? If that, if that book was left out of the Bible. Um, when I graduated from high school, I don't know if your high schools did this, but we had to put like a little senior quote underneath our picture, and I chose a scripture. And if the book of Colossians, one of the shortest books of the Bible, had not been in there, I don't know what my senior quote would have been. But instead, because it was there, I said, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as if working for the Lord and not for people. Um, another defining scripture that has, has been so important to my life and my ministry in, in recent years comes from the book of Micah, one of the shortest books of the Bible. Micah 6, 8, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? And then another book that was on the list was Jonah. The book of Jonah. I mean, how could we live without that? How could we do children's ministry without that? But also, how could I do my calling without that? Because in this moment and in others, when God has called me to go somewhere and I didn't want to go, the story of Jonah is always ringing in my mind. If I don't go, I'm going to cause a storm and people are going to have to throw things over the ship, you know, just to survive or throw me over the side of the ship and me get eaten up by the belly of a, in the belly of a whale. And we don't want that to happen, right? So say yes to God is the message of Jonah. 
And, and where would we be without that message? And I could keep going, but I'm going to stop there. Um, and, and so with all that being said, through, through considering these things and contemplating these things and praying over these things, where I have landed for today on the purpose of life's short chapters, the purpose of this short chapter, it, it's summed up best in a quote that was shared um, with me the first time I ever saw this, I was given a gift when I graduated from high school. It was a, a cross-stitched quote um, done for me by just a, a wise and loving and good matriarch in my home church, Wesley Chapel in Sylacauga. Um, and this is what the quote said. Every experience God gives us, every person he puts in our lives is the perfect preparation for the future only God can see. And that quote is from Corey Ten Boom, a survivor of the Holocaust. And if you've never read any of her, her writings, that's a good read. But I'm going to read that quote one more time. Every experience God gives us, every person he puts into our lives, is the perfect preparation for the future only God can see. So, so what I hear that to mean and what I have experienced that to mean is that every chapter, long but especially short, we experience is, is given by God, guided by God or used by God to prepare us for the future that only God can see. God knows what lies ahead for us. God knows every hurdle and every opportunity. God knows every need and every calling. And beyond the value of the chapter in and of themselves, what you experience in the moment, within the short chapters, there, there is without doubt a person, a lesson, an experience that is essential for our success in what is to come. Without reservation, I can say that even though my chapter at Gadsden First is much shorter than I wanted it to be, I mean, it's 20 months I mean, really, that's not long enough. But anyway, I will forever, forever be grateful that God brought me to you. I can't tell you how much I needed you, how much I needed every single person that I met, every single experience I had, every single opportunity I was given. As a congregation, you have shown me the power and the beauty of a healthy church, a church with a huge heart for Christ and a huge heart for our community. Daily, I was inspired by your goodness and your kindness and your faithfulness and your hard work and your generosity, and I could keep going. You inspired me, and I will forever take that with me. Being part of the staff here at Gadsden First has, has really been like being part of a family, um, our work has been collaborative and creative. No one ever works alone. Everyone genuinely cares for one another and genuinely supports one another. Uh, not to mention that we have a little bit of fun every once in a while. Isn't that right, Sam and Andy? Um, you have been such a gift to me, and, and, um, and I will forever be grateful for that. It was also an absolute blessing to serve in a context that incorporated my family, to have 
my children be a part of my ministry and, and what I was focusing on and what I was doing. Um, and, and to be surrounded by such a supportive community of Christian families, it, it has just been an indescribable blessing, which has enriched me not only as a minister, but also as a mother. We have made friendships that will last a lifetime, and for that, I will forever be grateful. Hopefully, though, it will come as no surprise to anyone that the greatest blessing of all, uh, amidst just an overflow of blessings, has been the children. They have been such a joy to my soul. We have had a lot of fun um, learning the Bible and loving Jesus. We have laughed so much and sang and made all kinds of fun crafts, which, you know, this little person, I just love it, you know? Like, I could do, I could do kids' crafts all day long every day, you know? And we played games and, and just had, had so many great memories together. But even more than that, these children and their questions have, have stretched me. Their insights have inspired me. Their prayers have just blown me away. Their love has ministered to me. And, and I can tell you that today my cup is running over. I mean, just pouring out. And I was probably not that way when I first came. I was on the empty side of life when I came, and my cup is running over. Again, you have been such a gift to me. And so for all of those reasons and so many more, without doubt, I have had the absolute best job in the world for the last two years. Um, every single aspect of our ministry together has enriched and strengthened and blessed my heart in indescribable ways, and I will miss you more than you will ever know. But I also want to say that, that beyond the, the experience in the moment, what you have given me, I will carry with me everywhere that I go. You have empowered me and equipped me and taught me and enriched me um, here in this short chapter. So many things, and the list is too much to name, but two things that I want to point out. Um, is the importance of collaborative ministry, working together as a team. Um, what I saw happen among our staff and, and within the church council and within our leadership, Sam is an excellent leader when it comes to collaboration. And, and we would bring what we had to the table, and then together with us and God, it would just bloom into something even more than we had before. And, and I have experienced God just take us beyond what we can do on our own, truly to see uh, the beauty and the gift and the power of collaboration. And so I will take that with me everywhere that I go and every ministry opportunity that I have. Um, and, and beyond that, or in addition to that, I shouldn't say beyond that, in addition to that, um, I will always seek to find ways for family ministry to be part of what I'm doing, whatever ministry setting I'm in. Every generation, because um, that was one of the things that when I, when I came here, you know, I was the children's minister, but with their children's children are their parents. And, and what I also found is with their parents, 
are their grandparents and their aunts and uncles and kind of their chosen family members. And, and it's truly an intergenerational effort. Um, and, and no matter what area, what age I'm kind of sent to work with, I, w- I want it to spread out to every age to, to make sure that we are connecting what we are doing as a church through our families. Whether you're a family of one or you're a family of 100, um, no matter how far uh, your family reaches, there's so much that we can do by looking through the lens of family ministry, and I will carry that with me everywhere that I go because of you. As I have considered the purpose of this short chapter for me, I've also asked God uh, for some insight into the purpose of our short chapter for Gadsden First. Now, you're going to have to decide this on your own, but today, through the scriptures, I'm going to give some suggestions, or at least what my hope and prayer of of the purpose of this short chapter was for me. Um, Today, in preparation, as I was looking at short chapters, I actually read through almost all of the list, you know, because they're short. It didn't take very long. And, and one of the one of the chapter, one of the Bible's shortest books that I read, um, there was one that, that particularly stood out. It's actually the second shortest book in the whole Bible, Second John. It's a letter written by an elder of the church, likely to a, a, a congregation. Um, but the way that, that it is um, the, addressed is to a lady and her children. Um, you know, again, because the church is like, a, you know, the bride of Christ. So sometimes uh, the church is called a, a, a lady or a she or whatever. This is, again, likely to a congregation. But as I read it, in so many ways, it sounded like a letter that I could have written to many of the amazing families that I've been blessed to work with here at Gaston First. And, um, and so since Second John is one of the Bible's shortest chapters, or shortest books even, I'm going to read it in its entirety today and then share a few personalizations as we go to offer hopefully what, what I hope to have left behind in our short chapter. So it starts this way, verse, verse 1. The elder, to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, in truth and love. Now, after every ministry chapter in my life has come to a close, I I always take some time to look back over it. And I imagine most pastors do that, and actually probably most people do that when they leave a job or, or have a transition. Um, but, but I did this to kind of consider those successes and, and those failures, you know, where, where I feel like God did something amazing and where I feel like I failed God, you know, kind of both of those things. And, of course, there are always things I wish I had done differently and done better. But one thing that I will always celebrate about my ministry at Gaston First is leading the children through two children's Bibles. In 2019... We studied the Jesus Storybook Bible during Children's Church, and we went through every single every single lesson that is in this one. And then during quarantine, we've had quite a bit of time to read the scriptures. And so every single day with our Bible breaks, we have been studying through um, this American Bible Society Read and Learn Bible. And we, we've got one week left, so this next week we're going to finish up. Um, and we will have gone through this entire children's, um, children's Bible. 
And, um, and again, that's something that I'm pretty excited about. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, which was kind of a, a central scripture for the people of Israel, um, and should be a central scripture for us. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Essentially, put the word of God everywhere. Let it saturate your life and your family. And above anything else that I sought to do when I started my ministry and continued my ministry here, is I wanted to equip our children and to equip our families with the word of God. So that we could learn to keep these words in our heart as Deuteronomy uh, encourages us to do. My hope was that the children would enjoy reading the Bible and that they would want more and more of it as they learned from it and, and learned to experience God through it. My hope was also that our families would read the Bible together. And, and that's why I gave a copy of, of this, the Jesus Storybook Bible, to every family in our church um, and, and I did this so that we could do, as Deuteronomy 6 says, to recite these words to our children, not just at church, but at home, to talk about them when we're at home and when we're away, when we lie down and when we rise. Um, so giving us the word, that, that's something that in this letter and in my ministry I really hoped to accomplish. Second John uh, continues to say, um, in verse 4, I was overjoyed to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we have been commanded by the Father. And let me just tell you, some of our children pray the most powerful and precious prayers that you will ever hear. Some of our children pour out their hearts so powerfully and so passionately when they sing and worship. Some of them have created and drawn some of the most beautiful pieces of art expressing what they have learned in the Bible or what they have experienced in worship. And I have received some of them as gifts that I will cherish forever. Some of our children have gone to school and shown the unconditional love of Christ to their friends, to people who um, have been outcast or excluded. And I have been blessed to hear those stories. During the quarantine, at least one of our children, I know, led her family in Bible study every Wednesday night because we weren't coming together to church, and she just made it happen, you know? And, and without doubt, I am definitely, as the scriptures say, overjoyed to have found some of our children walking in the truth, sharing the truth even with me. And so my prayer as our short chapter together comes to a close, is that our families and all of us will continue to dig into the word of God for ourselves, but with our children and whatever children are part of our lives, that we will continue to make God's word a daily part of our lives together and that we'll put it on our wrist, our forehead, our doorpost, wherever, but that we will make it an active part of our family life together. Second John continues by saying, 
In verse 5, Now, dear lady, I ask you, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. Let us love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment just as you have heard it from the beginning. You must walk in it. Um, these verses articulate something else I hope to, to have just continued and, and perhaps increased in our families during this short chapter. Um, every time we learned a, a lesson from the Bible, um, <clears throat> I encourage the children to consider how to put that lesson into practice in their daily lives. We would talk about how does this story teach you how to treat your parents or how to treat your kid, how to treat your siblings or how to treat someone else at school. Um, what, you know, the choices that you make, what does this lesson guide you and, and lead you in, in the choices that you make? Um, and, and, and I also tried to be intentional about providing opportunities for the children to serve and to give, um, you know, helping out with the, the Caring Angels homebound ministry or, you know, visiting our residents at Regency Point and other uh, assisted living facilities or collecting items to share with those in need, um, collecting money, whatever it might be, reaching out in service through the uh, community Thanksgiving meal, engaging in random acts of kindness, whatever it is, um, at, at the heart of all of it, as I sought to teach the children to know the truth, um, I also hoped to teach them to walk in it, to walk in love, to, to do what we learn in the scriptures. Gadsden First is such a mission-minded congregation and provides such a wonderful platform for our families to, to do just this. And so my prayer is that our children and our families and our church will continue to reach out, continue to branch out, continue to speak out in the love of Christ and in all the ways that the word leads us, knowing the truth and walking in love, just as Second John says. Second John continues by saying this in, in verse 7 and following. Many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Be on your guard so that you do not lose what we have worked for, but may receive a full reward. Everyone who does not abide in the teaching of Christ but goes beyond it does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Do not receive into the house or welcome anyone who comes to you and does not bring this teaching. For to welcome is to participate in the evil deeds of such a person. Now this portion of the letter points to an area of ministry that I wish that I had done better. Um, essentially, it's a warning about what we let into our home. Now it's not saying that we shouldn't be hospitable to people, even to people who, who are not Christ followers. That's not what it means. Instead, it is a warning for us not to give platform, um, an area of influence to things in our life and in our families that are not of God. Um, we have to remember the context of this letter. You know, we've got a, an amazing church and a pulpit for the pastor to, to, or a speaker to stand from. Um, but, but in this time, they didn't have a building like this. They had homes. And, and the church operated out of people's homes. And so, so what this warning and this guidance is for is, you know, to, to not receive into someone's home to give them a pulpit to, to preach a message or to share a message or to influence 
our lives in such a way that is contrary to the teachings of Christ. And so when I think about this in the context of our families and in our life together, I hear this as a warning about what we allow our children to have access to, and really ourselves too, for any of us, um, and, and what we allow ourselves and our children to be influenced by. You know, there's that song, be careful little ears what you hear, and then be careful little eyes what you see, all that we let in. That is exactly what this warning is about. Um, you know, and, and there are so many places to talk about it, but, but a layer of our life right now is technology, which right now in this moment is an amazing gift, and we are so grateful for it. Um, it has been such a blessing during this quarantine, but we know that, that technology can also be dangerous, and it, it has caused parents to, to have to be so much more diligent about uh, all the, the ways that we are, are monitoring and, and overseeing our children because there are so many new and, and deceptive and discreet doors for, for bullying and predators and hate talk and just other things that are not of Christ to enter into our lives and to enter into our children. And, and so, again, I wish that I had done more for this. Um, I wish that, you know, in our children's council, we had dreams of parenting small groups and seminars and guest speakers and other resources that would help navigate this very tricky terrain. Um, and so my prayer is that, first of all, that you will stay connected to your kids. You know, I mean, that, that's the thing. If we stay connected, we know what's going on. Whether we see it with our eyes or not, we can sense it in their spirits. Um, but then also that the next chapter um, in Gadsden First Family and Children's Ministry will pick up this dream that we had to resource our families and just run with it. Um, and then Second John closes, as I do today, by saying this in verse 12. Although I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink, or I would say Facebook or emails or text messages, um, instead, I hope to come to you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister send you greetings. In other words, when this quarantine is over, it was already mentioned that there's going to be a, like an in-person something. I don't really care about a celebration for me. I want a celebration for us, you guys. So there's going to be an everything you missed children's celebration. You better believe I'm coming back for that because I want to see you face to face. Uh, we're going to have palm branches and an Easter egg hunt. And Sam suggested that we have sparklers to celebrate Pentecost because we didn't really think the city would go for fireworks. Who knows? Maybe we can make it work. We're going to have inflatables, some good food. We're going to all wear our Vacation Bible School t-shirts and sing, We Are, We Are, The Knights of North Castle, and all the other favorite songs that we learned this week and in the last couple of years because I have to see your face one more time. And then verse 13 kind of says, the children of your elect sister send their greetings. So that's just the Bible's way of me saying, Zachary and Savannah are going to come too, right? They want to be part of that too. Um, again, one of the shortest, the, one of the Bible's shortest chapters provided a pretty good framework for me to reflect upon and close this amazingly rich, joyful, and healing short chapter that we have shared. And so to everyone here at Gadsden First Methodist, thank you. Thank you for all that you are, for God, for the kingdom, for our church, and for me. 
Gadsden First will forever be a bright spot in my ministry, in my life, and my heart, and you have blessed me more than you will ever know. So keep digging into the truth. Keep walking in love. Keep serving in compassion. Keep working for justice and keep making the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so until I can see you again face to face and my joy be made complete in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.